Hello everyone, welcome to my podcast. Today we have the incredible Rachel with us, known for YouTube and Instagram channel, Rachel Does Balance. Rachel, it's truly an honor to have you here. Can you share a bit about yourself with our listeners? Hi, thank you so much for having me on, Sophie. I really love your podcast and the idea of it. Um, I think it's great. So I'm really happy to share my story here. So thank you. Um, my name is Rachel Prey. I am a fourth year medical student in the US. I go to an osteopathic medical school. So when I graduate, um, actually in May 2024, it's coming up, I will have my doctor of osteopathic medicine. So I'll be a DO. Um, um, which I'm really excited about. Uh, a little introduction and background on me is I'm from central Massachusetts, um, which is the Northeast United States. And then I went to Syracuse University for my undergraduate degree, where I studied biology and neuroscience. And I was a member of the ROTC program there, which stands for the Reserves Officer Training Corps, which um, is kind of a part of the military. So I will talk about that more in detail. And then I went to Florida for medical school, which was definitely a climate change um, for sure, but I really liked it and it was really nice being outside a lot during medical school when I wasn't studying. And I'm now in my fourth year. I've been doing traveling during my fourth year and I'm now living with my parents um, for about three months to save up money and spend time with family while I can. Um, so I will be pursuing internal medicine residency after I graduate in May. And I actually just got my residency match results. Um, so I will be at an active duty internal medicine residency program in the Air Force um, as an Air Force doctor. And I can talk more about military medicine a little bit later on, but I'm really excited about that. And I'm excited to learn about internal medicine. Uh, it's going to be difficult, of course, it's residency. But after that, I'm currently interested in pursuing a gastroenterology fellowship. I think that um, GI, we call gastroenterology, is really great um, for a lot of different reasons, the procedures, the different um, settings that you can practice it in, the continuity with patients, the different organ systems, the pathophysiology. Uh, I just really like it and I don't get grossed out by a lot of things that people would um, fairly get turned off by in GI. So I'm excited to share my story. Fascinating. Your journey sounds very, very interesting, Rachel. I am thrilled to have you as my guest and I'm certain our listeners are eager to learn about your story and discover how you navigated your unique path. And for the listeners who aren't familiar with your social media channel, how did you come up with your name, Rachel Does Balance? So as Sophie said, my Instagram and YouTube name is at Rachel Does Balance. Um, and there's a couple of reasons why I wanted to make this my name. Uh, reason number one is, of course, um, it's balances in the name. And a lot of the things that I like to post about and just talk about and emphasize for my own life is having balance while you're in medicine, because medicine is such a, an all-encompassing and rigorous career, obviously. And it can take up a lot of part of a lot of parts of your life 
life and it requires a lot of energy, time and hard work. Um, but at the same time, I think it's really important to still conserve your health for one and the other parts of your life that you, other things that you like to do, like hobbies. I think it's really important to stay exercising, um, even trying new hobbies while you're in medical school. Um, so trying to like balance all of that, like school, staying fit, um, being with friends and partners and then just enjoying life is kind of where that comes from. And I kind of used it as a way to keep myself accountable. And then there is also kind of a play on words with the Rachel does because um, it's Rachel D.O. because I go to an osteopathic medical school. So I will be a doctor of osteopathic medicine. So the letters behind my name will be D.O. So once I graduate med school in May 2024, maybe I can um, capitalize the D.O. in the does balance because um, I will finally have those letters. Um, so, yeah, I really liked the play on words and the emphasis on the balance. Wow, that's so creative. I love the wordplay with the DOM, guys. I guess if you aren't following her already, hit that subscribe button. So, Rachel, did you always know you want to be a physician? So I did not know that I always wanted to be a physician or that I always wanted to go into medicine. I actually don't have any family in medicine in my family. Um, like my mom, dad, sister are kind of in like the business world. So I didn't have a ton of exposure to it, but I had an interest in it and I wanted to explore it. I was kind of between like pre-med medicine and business. And I ended up going with the pre-med major with biology when I started undergrad. And because I didn't have a ton of exposure to it, I was trying to do things that would expose me and um, help me determine if that was really what I wanted to do. So I didn't know if I was interested in a career in research after um, I graduated undergrad. So I was able to get a research internship after my freshman year, which was really amazing. And it was a great experience. But I just realized that I didn't have that passion for research like PhDs do and the postbacs and the people that are in the lab for hours. I think it's absolutely amazing and so important and necessary. And I respect it so much, but I just didn't have that. And I realized I wanted to be talking with people. Obviously, I like to talk. Um, so that's what I realized out of that. It was an amazing experience. And I'm so glad that I was able to realize that kind of early on. And then I became an emergency department scribe. And that was in the summer between my sophomore and third year of sophomore and junior year of college. So second and third year of college. And I really loved the fast paced environment, the procedures, the talking, the history taking, figuring things out labs, going back to things, figuring out the picture of when a patient comes in. Um, so I really liked that patient care, the clinical stuff, the doctor-patient relationship, all of that stuff I thought was really cool. So that kind of affirmed my interest in clinical medicine. I also had a, an internship at a podiatrist's office, so a foot doctor, and I really loved the way that he interacted with, with his patients. I thought it was awesome. He had great relationships, and I just kind of thought it was cool that he was like going to work and he it, it almost seemed like he was talking with his friends um, because the way that him and his patients talked. So I wanted to connect with people in that way. And that was ultimately the reason why I decided to pursue medicine. Um, and I'm glad that I did. I totally get it. And I find it pretty awesome to build that connection with your patients while also diving into research and other passions. It's a beautiful blend of caring and curiosity. For all our high school students out there figuring out where to start their med school journey, any tips on finding the ideal one? What criteria should they keep in mind? So I chose my medical school 
largely based on location, but of course there were other factors as well. So like I said, I'm from the Northeast U.S., which is cold in the winter, and I grew up there for 18 years, and then I went to undergraduate university in Syracuse, New York, which is about five hours away, but it's very similar, cold winters and lake effect snow, so a lot of snow. And I knew that I needed a change, so I kind of applied a little bit all over the place, but mostly in like the southern and like central west areas of the U.S. And I really am glad that I went to my school because of the location. It really helped me a lot, I think, mentally and physically to be able to walk outside and take study breaks and, you know, go to the beach sometimes. I honestly didn't go as much as you would have thought that I would. Um, Sometimes I'm like, wow, I should have gone more, but still. Um, And then I also had a really great experience um, at my interview, which I really liked. And I felt like the students were happy. They were nice. They answered all my questions. Um, So I really liked that vibe. And then when I was being interviewed, I really liked the fact that the interviewers were trying to get to know me. Um, Like they were asking me questions about me, about my application. I really liked that. Like they were genuinely trying to get to know me versus I had a couple of other interviews where I felt like I was still kind of being tested, where I was asking, I was asked these multi-part things. And I was kind of like, you know, a little bit annoyed because I felt like they weren't actually getting to know me that much out of it. Um, It still kind of felt like a test. So I liked how my interview um, was like that. And ultimately, I am glad that I chose my medical school, the OPP department or the um, osteopathic principles and practice or osteopathic manipulative medicine department, um, which is a big part of the difference between an MD and a DO is we get that OPP OMM training. Um, That department is amazing at my school. Um, I've met amazing professors that have been um, like my research professors for um, one professor I have had um, as a research professor or research mentor. She's been my research mentor. And I started working with her at the end of my first year of med school. And then she ended up writing me kind of a character letter of recommendation for Um, residency. And of course, I waived my right. I didn't read the letter, but I'd be willing to bet it was quite good because we had that relationship ongoing and we did a research project together and we met and she really cared about what was going on in my life and, you know, my um, residency journey and my journey throughout medical school and how I was doing on boards and if I passed and all of that stuff. Um, And other professors that I've had have been really good. So I think it has good faculty there. Um, So yes, I am happy with my decision. Thank you so, so, so much. And is there anything you would advise people who are just starting with med school? Advice that I would give for future medical students is slow and steady. There's going to be a lot of resources introduced to you at the beginning. So just figure out what works for you. And honestly, at the beginning, just try to pass exams. Then once you're passing exams and you're doing okay in your classes, you can add more like resources on, you know, like first aid, sketchy, pathoma, boards and beyond. Because if you try to do your classwork and all that stuff, you're really going to get bogged down and you need to be one first passing your classes. And then two, you really need to maintain your health throughout medical school. It's extremely important because 
if your health is not maintained, you're not going to be able to study the material and do well on boards and pass it and get to where you need to be. It's just not going to be sustainable. So you really need to make a sustainable schedule that works for you, that works for like your study schedule and your study goals, but also for your health and your longevity and your ability to keep on going. And then please make sure that you make time for yourself, like to do actual fun things because there is time for it. Make sure you do something fun after an exam or plan a trip if you can. I know money's kind of tight during medical school, of course, but make sure you do those things and always ask for help if you need it. I got tutoring from a second year medical student in my first semester and it made a huge difference for me. And that's when I kind of like turned things around because I struggled a little bit at the beginning, but that really helped me and I'm so grateful for it. Um, So reach out to clubs to see if they offer tutoring to your school, to people online if you know they do tutoring, to your academic um, success center, the academic um, center at your medical school. Reach out for help. You're not alone and it's okay if you're not acing every single exam. Yes, Rachel, especially when it comes to interviews, I'm on the same page. Um, Let's not forget interviews aren't just about making an impression and landing a spot. They are also our chance to see if this university vibes with us and what we can expect. So trust your guts and don't be too stressed out and too nervous because the people who are interviewing, they're also only people. So I'm pretty sure that they know exactly how you feel. Med school is a roller coaster full of highs and lows. So take care of your well-being, especially of your mental health. And hey, I bet some of you found amazing friends and even maybe your life partner along the way. Was there any period during your studies which was very difficult and how did you cope with that? Yes, there were many points during my career thus far that have been difficult. Um, One thing that kind of comes to mind, and I did touch on this when I was talking about my advice for medical students, was the first semester of medical school for me. So I started medical school in in July 2020. So this was at the very beginning slash in the thick of COVID when this had shut down the U.S. and the world and it had had just completely changed our way of life. And so I began medical school in July 2020. And this was difficult because, of course, there was restrictions on everything. And in addition, my med school went completely online in the first semester. But I already had a lease scheduled for Florida and I was already moving. So I still went to Florida. But this meant that we didn't have any in-person labs. And instead, we had immunology and nutrition in our schedule. So instead of like the physical diagnosis class, class and the osteopathic manipulative medicine lab that was a little bit easier and could kind of cushion your grades and it was less stressful. Um, we didn't have that because you needed to go in person to learn those skills. So we instead had more classes and one of them was immunology, which is arguably one of the hardest classes of med school because it's so detail oriented, despite the fact that it is extremely interesting and important. It is a very difficult class. So that did not make things easier. Um, in addition, I was also going through a breakup about four weeks in to med school, which is not easy or fun for anyone. And I also moved about 1,200 miles away from my family to go to med school in Florida. And I did not have any support system in the area. I did have two uh, roommates that were also from my medical school. So I was able to like interact with people, which was really good. But this was a really hard time for me. And 
you needed a 70 to pass the exams in my medical school. Um, and we had a lot of classes going on at once. And then we had integrated exams. So for example, we'd have like anatomy, physiology, histology, and microbiology classes going on at the same time. And then on our exam, it would be like a 170 question test. And it would be maybe, you know, like 30 from microbiology, 40 from anatomy, like that. Um, so it was a really big test. And we would get individual grades based on the class. So I was not doing well, there was about seven integrative exams, and it was after the third integrative exam. I think that I was I had a below seventy in about two or three of my classes. I was not doing well, and it wasn't that I wasn't studying because I was studying. I just didn't know how to study effectively. I think part of it was I went directly from undergrad into medical school, so I didn't have a ton of time to honestly emotionally mature and kind of mature as a student because a lot of us in undergrad um, we kind of cram and procrastinate things. And I did that a lot in undergrad, but I still got pretty good grades. But you really cannot do that in med school. Um, so I realized that I wasn't studying effectively. So I basically did three things. I met with um, I met with the Academic Advising Center, the Center of Academic Success, and we talked about different study strategies and things that I could be doing differently. And we talked about what I was doing to figure out what was going wrong. And then I also was able to get a tutor through the Internal Medicine Club at my school, which was really great because the second year med student that was tutoring me got volunteer hours for it. And I didn't have to like pay him because obviously tutoring is very expensive. But this was like one on one reinforcement of anatomy and physiology were the classes that he tutored me on. It was amazing. I really learned it and it made a huge difference and my grades really did go up and I became a lot more confident in myself. And then the third thing that I did was I focused on positive self-talk and I, I was starting to develop some test anxiety in medical school because I was not performing well on the exams and it was honestly just a vicious cycle because then I'd be scared to take the test and not perform well and it was just, it was a bad time. But thankfully, with the two other things going on that I just mentioned and then the positive thoughts, I was really able to turn this around and whenever I would start to kind of feel my heart beating faster and thinking, you know, oh my gosh, what if I fail this, all of that, I'd say, you know what, no, like I would try to stop the thought in its tracks and just think about all the stuff that I had done to prepare for the exams, all the all the work that I had put in, the passes of the lectures, the one-on-one -on -one tutoring that I had done for the exam, and I ended up scoring A's in some of my um exams on some of my subjects um, by the end of the semester. So I really was able to turn things around. And it was one of the hardest times. I was just so scared that I was going to fail a class, um, that I was going to fail several classes. And different schools have different um, rules about like how many credits you can fail, how many classes, all of that. And then if that puts you back. And I was just so scared because all of these people knew that I was in med school and I didn't want to be a failure literally and then have to repeat things and all of that. Um, Thankfully, I made it through. I literally told myself, if you can pass all of these classes and just make it through the semester, like that will be your most like your best achievement up until like this point in your life. Like, please just do this. And I just remember being like so anxious and upset that whole time um, because it was just like a really difficult time for me. But I'm so glad that I was able to overcome that. And it may have honestly even been better than if I had just been acing exams from the start because it really Really helped me grow a lot and it helped me realize that I can overcome these things um, because I literally did. So now when I face other things in my life, you know, I feel like it's it's helped me develop as a person and become more resilient and tenacious and deal with like very hard things with very high stakes. 
I think it's incredible how you handled those tough times during lockdown, especially missing out on crucial hands-on classes. I remember when the lockdown started, I was so scared I will not gain this practical experience and also not knowing when it will be possible again to have contact with patients. And I'm sorry to hear about the breakup and the added stress of moving on your own with big exams. Um, ahead and I think your resilience shines through and it's so inspiring and like like the saying goes the hard work paid off so it showcases your capability to overcome challenges on your own and like you said this journey really builds character and strength talking about building character and strengths please explain us what does HPSP stand for and what kind of background is it because in Europe I'm sure most of us aren't familiar with these terms so a little bit of a background about ROTC and HPSP and kind of what those things are and then um, my interest in military medicine. So um, this is especially for European listeners and even people in the U.S. still don't know what this is. Um, so totally understandable. So ROTC stands for Reserve Officer Training Corps. And that is basically a way for you to train to be an officer in the military while you are getting your undergraduate degree. And I I was interested in doing that and because I had a friend in it and then I tried it. I really liked it. I really liked how it pushed me out of my comfort zone and was helping me develop my leadership skills. So I wanted to do that while still being pre-med because I entered medical school um, with the interest of being a pre-med and going into med school after. And then HPSB stands for the Health Professions Scholarship Program. And that is a way for the military to pay for your medical school. And in turn, you will serve as an active duty physician in the respective branch that you join after you finish your residency and um, fellowship training as well if you do that. So those are what those are, the ROTC and the HPSP, that's what they stand for. And then my interest in military medicine. So I was always interested in, well, not always, I was interested in medicine since about the end of high school. And then I affirmed my interest in it. And I could talk about that um, more. And then I also, like I said, really liked how ROTC was pushing me out of my comfort zone, helping me grow as a leader, giving me really good like teamwork and organizational and um, like I guess, time management skills it gave me. So I wanted to continue with that and really focusing on the leader part. And being a physician in the military really allows me to do both of those things. You're not just a physician, but you are an officer. So you are a leader and you're expected to act that way. And I really like that part of it. Um, the travel that comes with the military, um, serving my country and being a part of something bigger than myself. Um, all of the people that I've met through the military have been amazing and I have great friends, um, friends for seven or eight years from ROTC that I'm still in contact with. One of them, I'm actually going to live with him for a month while I finish my last rotation of med school. So um, it's been great. And of course, it's helped me with my education and paying for that. And that's been a huge um, burden off of my shoulders. Of course, I will have my years of service, but for me, it's been very worth it. And I think it was a good fit. Okay, thank you so much for explaining. And if you want to find out more about um, her background, you can always check on social media. 
Rachel, this is truly courageous and I believe that developing leadership skills in such situations is crucial and I think the growth you experienced in this environment will bring lifelong benefits and I hope you can inspire many listeners who are very curious about your experience. Is there any person you would consider a role model who really supported you during your studies and your career? I would say that my role model is my mother, um, at least the first role model that I can think of. I have many role models. But number one, I would say is my mother because she is now retired. But when I was growing up, she had a very successful career in business. But she always made time for my sister and I to pick us up, to um, do nice things for us. She's just a very thoughtful and sweet and amazing woman. And I'm really grateful um, that I was able to watch a strong woman who has um, an undergraduate degree and she has her MBA, have a successful career, but also be a great mother. Um, I think that I would like to have children when I'm older one day. And of course, I'm going to be a doctor, but I still want to be present and be a good mother and um, still build a nice family for myself. So that was really amazing to see. And I think it kind of instilled a work ethic in myself. And of course, I am a woman, but um, it really instilled a deep respect for women that are working mothers, because my mom was always. So um, I just love my mom. And she is my role model. Listening to you, it's clear you've got that confidence and strength. And I think it's catching a glimpse of your mom's awesome vibe and support and I also think it's pretty cool that she managed all these things just her career the family and supporting you during med school and even right now I think our moms are the true heroes right and I think also that if you have a mother you can look up to you can always ask for help this is just priceless Do you have any plans for the future? Anything you will do 2024? My goals for the future include being the best internal medicine resident that I can be um, by learning as much as I can, showing up for my patients, passing my boards, doing well on my in-training service exams that we have to take, and just trying to learn as much as I can so I can be the best physician that I can be for patients. And then another goal of mine is to always try to show up and be there for patients, regardless of the amount of sleep I've gotten, food that I've eaten that day, and no matter, regardless of how tired I am, I want to be there for patients. And the last thing I'd ever want anyone to feel is not heard and um, like invalidated while they're with a physician, um, especially me as a physician. So I really want to focus on validating my patients and hearing them out and addressing their problems and getting to the root of their problems um, to really ultimately benefit their life um, and their quality of life in the end. Another goal of mine is to be a gastroenterologist. So I did mention that I'm interested in pursuing gastroenterology gastroenterology fellowship, which is a three-year fellowship after internal medicine residency. It does happen to be one of the most competitive fellowships out there, but I'm going to go for it, of course, and I'm going to put my best foot forward, do as much research as I can, work on different research projects during residency. I've already published some stuff, um, and I have some things in the works.
work. So I'm going to continue with that. And then another goal of mine is to travel as much as I can. I really would love to travel all over Europe. I've currently been to just Spain in Europe, but I did go to Madrid, Barcelona, Valencia, and Sevilla. And it was absolutely amazing. And I loved it. And I love Spain, but I also love Europe and want to travel Europe. Um, And I am trying to plan a Europe trip, honestly, for early April. Um, Keeping that, uh, this kind of a thing in the works, but I'm going to make it happen. And I may be going alone, but I would rather go alone than not go at all. So yes, I want to travel as much as possible. And then I think my last goal is I just want to have a content life. Like I just want to be fulfilled in my life, Um, whether that's like with a partner, with my family, with my work. Um, I would obviously love to be fulfilled in all aspects, but that is just that's my life goal. Dear Rachel, I wish you the best of luck. And last question. Do you have any fun facts about yourself? A fun fact about me, and I've posted this on my Instagram, so check it out, is that I've actually been living out of my car for the last six months. Um, Not really. I've been having places to stay, but I did not resign my lease during my fourth year of medical school because I knew that I would be traveling for audition rotations um, at residency programs at the beginning of the year. And then I knew that I wanted to spend time with my family um, and friends and do things like that. And I also did it to save money because my lease was honestly pretty expensive in Florida and it's really expensive to live anywhere now. So it has helped me save money and worry less about like money overall, even though I've been traveling like it's okay if I spend more money than I would have been spending of course because I don't have the expense of a lease and like electric and those things um so I went from Florida to Mississippi to Texas to Ohio to Tennessee to Florida to Texas to St. Louis to DC to Massachusetts and I drove that um and I I did also do like a weekend trip in Georgia during this so I have driven a lot this year it's probably been about 10,000 miles in total Um, because like I've obviously driven at the places that I've been when I've been like driving to the hospital, like driving to the rotations, but it was about 6,500 miles distance from like all those places. But um, there's been pros and cons to it. I think it's been mostly pros because obviously as I've been able to save money. I've been able to stay with family and see friends that I wouldn't have seen that I haven't had as much time to see. Um, and so that's been great. I've been able to, you know, like spend more time with myself and get to know myself more, which I think is extremely important for anyone to do. Um, cons would be it's a lot of driving, not having a co-pilot to like help you be like, oh, I want to get coffee. Like I want to figure out where a coffee shop on my trip is it's hard because you can't really do that while you're driving um and then like sometimes i honestly get confused by gps and i'm like oh do they want me to turn here like i i can't tell sometimes honestly so it would be nice to have a co-pilot for that um and of course it gets a little lonely sometimes and then when i've gone to those places like i haven't had a lot of people to hang out with honestly at these places because some of them have been kind of random um like places where i don't know that many people other than the people at the residency program so that has been kind of lonely honestly and of course I have missed my family and friends, but I do think that the pros have outweighed the cons. But I do want to say that there have been cons to it as well. Okay, this is insane. All right, everyone, if you are in need of some motivation, she's on a journey across the States for the best education ever. So get up, hit the books and chase your dreams. Huge thanks, Rachel. It was a fantastic chat and I am looking forward to catching up with you later in the future. And uh, thank you so much for having you. 
Thank you so much, Sophie, for having me on. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate the chance to share some of my story on your podcast, which I think is great. And you should definitely listen to this episode. I mean, this is the end of it, but other ones as well. Um, I would love if anyone who's listened to the podcast would like to follow me on Instagram, which is Rachel Does Balance, and also my YouTube. I have been more active on Instagram lately than my YouTube, and I post longer videos on YouTube. Um, but if you're looking for more stuff about like the military medicine, then check that out. And then just a little disclaimer, um, all of the stuff about the military, um, that is all of my views. It doesn't reflect any of the views of the U.S. military or Department of Defense. Just a disclaimer, all views are my own. But again, um, my name is Rachel Prey. I'm a fourth year osteopathic medical student in the U.S. Um, I'd love if you would give me a follow. And if you had any questions about um, medical school, life in medical school, balance, military medicine, then let me know. I'm usually pretty good about like answering Instagram DMs. Um, and I like to post videos about like my life and advice about medical school and military medicine and um, information for medical students and working out and all of that stuff. Um, so thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day wherever you're listening this listening to this from.